You're listening to Rumination Tuesday on this March the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. With me is Mark Smith, and we're going to be talking about the hymn, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. Now, the intense feeling and glorious hope of this prayer by Martin Schalling, who died in 1608, is well suited to the circumstances of its origin. He was a peaceful pastor, but was forced to make a choice between faithfulness to the Bible and his livelihood. He chose a former and was required to leave the city, but he ended up then in Wittenberg and was favored by the elector's brother who gave him refuge. He was the preacher in the court's residence for Easter Sunday in 1569, and his manuscript sermon in his own hand survives. Its text was Exodus 12, verse 1. Following the sermon is this hymn written in his own hand. Though not well known outside Lutheranism, Lord, thee I love with all my heart, ranks among the most powerful texts in all hymnody. The depth of feeling has its commentators inevitably to mention the use of stanza three as a final chorus of Bach's St. John's Passion, which he wrote in 1724. Schalling historically belonged to a second wave of Reformation poets in the later 16th century, including Selnicker, Helmbold, and Nikolai. This generation lived through and sometimes died in a way of confessional conflicts that spawned ongoing violence, and there was little escape. Christian faithfulness was dashed by rulers, religious politics, or the fortunes of battle through no faith of one's own. Now, there are biblical references. In fact, Psalm 18, verse 1, reads, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Added together, the biblical thought and the strong faith makes this hymn a prayer of unique character. In many elements, a prayed catechism with reference to the creed, the Ten Commandments, and even to Luther's morning and evening blessings. This is the hymn of the day for Lent two in the three-year series. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. Now, Hopefully by next week, we'll have our computers working where we're going to be able to hear the hymn. But at this time, uh, one of our computers is down, so I can't play the hymn. But what's your thinking about this hymn, Pastor Mark Smith? It's a beautiful hymn. Uh, I always think of this as a good as a good uh, funeral hymn. And I, particularly, I think of uh, Dr. Walter Hoffman's. Uh, funeral. Uh, that's that's when I really remember this hymn being used. Yes, um, I did that funeral sermon, 
Dr. Walter Hoffman was a tremendous pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Olivet. And in fact, I was really under his guidance a lot of times. He was a very natural pastor, uh, great counseling motives, very, very helpful. And I, I learned a lot from him. But yes, this is what we played at the funeral or sang. Now, did you notice who the translator is? Let's see. Oh, yeah, Catherine Wincroft. How about that? Boy, I'll tell you, she really did. She, <laughs> she did a lot of translating. I I'm surprised. <laughs> God bless her. Did. I'll Didn't tell you. realize it, yes. <laughs> so, um, it's two pages long, but it's only three verses, three stanzas. Uh, are you going to be using it this Sunday? You know, I haven't. Uh, I, I, I don't think so, but uh, it's not because it isn't a great one. It's a great hymn. It would be good for communion, too. Yeah. I had okay. to. Uh, you're right. That would be good, right? So, without further ado, would you please read the first stanza? Okay. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. I pray thee ne'er from me depart. With tender mercy cheer me. Earth has no pleasure I would share. Yea, heaven itself were void and bare, if thou, Lord, were not near me. And should my heart for sorrow break, my trust in thee can nothing shake. Thou art the portion I have sought. Thy precious blood my soul has bought. Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, forsake me not. I trust thy word. Well, the first question I have is, is it really true that Christians love the Lord with all their heart? Only in Christ. Only, only in Christ. Now, what does that mean? Well, only because of because of his his righteousness on us. Uh, we're not capable of it ourselves. We've got too many distractions, uh, too many too many interests, too many idols in our lives. But in Christ, uh, with his with his sanctification. And with his holy, precious blood and his righteousness covering us, yes, you could say we love him with all our heart. Well, if it's only in Christ, in the sense of uh, as we trust him, when we sin, we are not loving him with all my heart, are we? No, no, that's right. Well, see, I differ. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, explain a little bit. You'll know it as soon as I say and quote from David, create in me a... A clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's the heart that's being talked about. Uh-huh. Not our physical heart, not our own heart that is often following the old Adam, but the heart that God gives us, in that heart, we love him totally. I'll tell you what, though, as I read this hymn, and as I think of that that dear hymn writer and what he forsook, you know, he left he left uh, his one position because he wanted to be true to God and His Word. 
That's I'll right. tell you, he 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 must have loved his Lord deeply. Uh, yes. it, it comes through. It comes through even in the hymn itself. Yes, in fact, that's part of what we were saying that the hymn really deals with the environment at that time, and that's really pretty good because there's not that much difference between his environment and our world today. That is right. Look how many Christians are being put to death, not so much in the United States for being a Christian. We're just being persecuted, uh, and our churches are, you know, being damaged and such because we disagree with certain people who are living immoral lives. But outside in Asia, for example, or Afghanistan, they say that due to the Taliban in Afghanistan, now that the uh, American soldiers uh, have left, one million children will die this year from starvation. Yes. Well, I have heard for some time now that they estimate that persecution is is more prevalent now than it ever has been. That's what I've heard. Well, you are correct. Partly because we have so many more Christians than were even living during the first century, at the end of the first century. Um, that's one reason. But the other reason is in some cities and some countries, there's just no doubt that they're being persecuted just because they're believers. All right. So we're taking a look at this stanza one of Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. And it says, Earth has no pleasure I would share. Now, how would you explain that? Well, I think you have to read the whole verse. Earth has no pleasure I would share. Yea, heaven itself were void and bare, if thou, Lord, were not near me. Uh, in other words, without Christ, we've got nothing. I mean, we really do. It's, it's like that uh, they always say, if, you, if you, uh, you could be the wealthiest man in the world, but if you don't have Christ, you're, you're, you're a pauper, you're poor. You're, you're poverty-stricken. He's everything. And earth, with all of its pleasure, is nothing without Christ. That's a very good point. And a lot of people don't realize that because they think they're having a good time on earth. They may have a lot of possessions, and they may have a, a wonderful house, a good car, a good job, this sort of thing. And they feel that that is great pleasure. But they're never thanking God if they're unbelievers for what they have, and therefore, even if heaven itself were void and bare, uh, boy, it makes a difference if the Lord is not near me. And he's near me because of that new heart that I was given, uh, in baptism particularly. And should my heart for sorrow break? Now, that's interesting. What does that mean? How can... Uh, the divine heart given to us ever break? Well, let's say at the time of a death, the death of a loved one. You know, you think particularly, uh, as you well know yourself firsthand, you know, the the loss of a child. Uh, I mean, it just is just devastating. I mean, uh, um, I was reading the, the account of uh, Jairus's daughter and, uh, 
yes. yesterday. You know, that, that's got. And uh, I, I remember one member of my congregation. They had a young boy with leukemia and lost him. I mean, that that would be just devastating. I I I, I can't even imagine the, the sorrow. But nevertheless, the. Uh, the the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. My trust in Thee can nothing shake. We know that, uh, especially if we know that that loved one is with our Lord Jesus, and in, in fact that that strengthens us all the more. Um, our trust in in God can nothing shake, even and even terrible loss like that. What's that? Trust. What's trust mean? Trust is uh, it's faith. It's it's trusting in God's promises. Excellent. Yes, clinging, to, clinging yes. for dear life to his promises. Yes, and I think your example of the funeral really fits that because when you do a funeral, it's filled with what? The funeral sermon. Well, oh, well, a gospel. That's where you people are so. The, the, the funerals at one time people are really receptive to the gospel. You know, compare that to a wedding. Where they're not, you know, they're thinking about the the reception afterward. They're thinking about all the frills and all the things that go into making a wedding yeah. joyful. But at a at a funeral, people see that casket up there, and if it's not their own loved one, they they realize that sooner or later that's going to be me. And so people are much more receptive to the gospel at the time of a funeral. And that's what you really you've already got the law right in front of you. And uh, so you, you really want to be heavy on the gospel at a funeral. In the congregation I was at for 28 years, well, we were in a neighborhood where more and more blacks were joining our church, and one of them would die. And then suddenly the congregation was filled with their friends who had never heard Lutheran theology. And I can't tell you how many times after a funeral uh, people would remark as they were leaving, I I never realized what you had to say. Yeah, they just right. didn't realize salvation by grace through faith, and that we could be assured we're going to see our loved one again. And uh, funerals became a real good way of reaching out to individuals because it really can share uh, the Lutheran message in a way that they haven't heard before. Yeah, that is right. And it and accepts it accepts people as they are, uh, poor miserable, uh, filthy sinner, poor miserable sinners. You know, and, and nevertheless, nevertheless, the promise is for them too. Yes. Now it says, "Thou art the portion I have sought." Now, can you think of a Bible verse that makes sense out of that? Yeah, if we're unbelievers, why would we be seeking the true God? What, what does that mean? Thou, Thou art the portion I have sought. Have sought thy precious blood, my soul has bought. Well, well I'll tell you, we're, we're, we're all searching. Of. You know, we're we're searching. You know, our, 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 if our lives are as empty as they may be, if, yes. if we filled them with pleasures, and yet we're still we're still empty, we're still void, and. Yes. Uh, He's the answer. He is the answer that many people are looking for and don't even know it. Because you seek the true God doesn't mean you're a believer. You're, no. you're seeking that which is going to take care of what you just said, your despair, etc. And so the verse I would look at is the parable of the lost sheep. He was lost, but 
What was he seeking? Parable of the lost sheep. Uh, let's see, the lost sheep. He, well, he was. He just had wandered away from the flock, and right. uh, he well, could. What was he, he seeking? Couldn't, he couldn't find his way home. You know, sheep are kind of sheep are kind of stupid. They can't. A lot of times, they can't retrace their steps back to the fold. Yeah, back to the question though. What was he seeking? I suppose greener pastures. No. <laughs> he was seeking the shepherd. The sheep was seeking the shepherd? Absolutely. He was stuck. He was in a hole. He uh, couldn't get out. Yeah, I'll buy I'll buy that. But I don't know I don't know if sheep do they actively sheep the seek the shepherd if they're lost? Do they really? Maybe now if they hear his voice, they do recognize the voice of the shepherd. And right. They'll, Remember they'll, the they'll shepherd can call them all by name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. But I don't, and you know, so it's funny. I don't, think, in, I don't uh, think of that lost sheep. I don't think of that lost sheep as really uh, seeking the shepherd. I think of him just being lost. And that's the way some people are. They're just, they're just lost. They don't know what they're looking for. But the verse talks about, thou art the portion I have sought. Yeah, right. That's right. And so that's a portion that all of us are seeking. We may not know the true God, but we're seeking for him because of the problems that we have. Yeah, he but, says, my sheep hear my voice, and exactly. I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. Uh, my sheep, when he says that, my sheep hear my voice, is he talking, he's talking about his elect, wouldn't you say? No, I would say he's uh, talking even about the lost sheep. Uh-huh, okay. Yes. They they know the voice also. Uh, they'll recognize it, but they're seeking salvation. They're seeking rescue. All, all animals do that. In fact, I just saw a great YouTube about wild animals that hug people because those people had helped them out of a trap years before. One of them was a big lion who... <laughs> I think it was about 10 years after he had been helped out of the trap, saw this person and ran up to them and actually hugged them. Well, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I haven't heard of that before. And, uh, yeah, just go to YouTube, uh, wild animals that hug their um, uh, rescuers. And so animals really do have a, a sense of needing to be rescued. Uh, that's why um, many of them, like lions, are really together. All right, I'll read stanza two. Yea, Lord, t'was thy rich bounty gave my body, soul, and all I have in this poor life of labor. Lord, grant that I in every place may glorify thy lavish grace and help and serve my neighbor. Let no false doctrine me beguile. Let Satan not my soul defile. Give strength and patience unto me to bear my cross and follow thee, Lord Jesus. Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, in death thy comfort still afford. Now, that last part we already talked about in dealing with funerals. 
but all I have in this poor life of labor, Lord, grant that I in every place may glorify thy lavish grace. Well, guess what? Did you hear that word again? Grace. Grace, yes. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Exactly. And that's something that every Christian realizes. I mean, the Bible is so clear that God takes care of birds in the air. They don't have to go to work, but they have food, etc. How's he not going to be taking care of you? That's his message. Uh, so Satan can my soul defile, but give strength and patience unto me. That's really part of the temptations of Christ, that he got that strength and patience, and we're asking for the same thing. Yes. Yeah, I look at that line, let, not, let no false doctrine me beguile. Let me that not is. be swayed by any false teaching. Yeah, every Bible verse can be taken in one of two ways, either the right way or the wrong way. And the wrong way is always false doctrine. That's right. Okay. Stanza three, please. Stanza three. Lord, let at last thine angels come to Abraham's bosom, bear me home, that I may die unfearing, and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing. And then from death awaken me, that these mine eyes with joy may see, O Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will praise thee without end. Yeah, that's my favorite verse of this hymn. And why is that? Well, because it talks about the resurrection, you know, it, uh, when at last yes. the angels come and to bear me home. And uh, in the meantime, um, may I die unfearing and in its narrow chamber, keep my body safe. And, you know, you think about you think about your your remains remaining in that in that uh, casket un, until uh, yeah. until we're raised up. And when we're raised up, we have a glorious body, yes. unlike the body we have here on earth. We're restored back to the body that Adam and Eve had. It had the glory about it, which that's how they realized they were naked when they sinned and they lost that glory. It disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly hope my body's better than it is now, right? <laughs> well, everybody will be better than it is now because all of our bodies are growing old and there's probably various illnesses or weaknesses we have. And I, I tell you, every time I read about food, every kind of food I love is bad for me. <laughs> All right. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. Thank you, Mark Smith. Sorry for that kind of break up there, but hopefully it'll be fixed for tomorrow when we'll be going over again uh, another part of Solomon's letter to the church. I'm Tom Baker, Mark Smith. We thank you for listening to us. God bless you. 
Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.